Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan. It's Friday. It's Friday, as usual. Yes. Um, how, how are you? I'm going really good. That's would you, good. Would you like to hear a joke? I'd love to hear a joke. Um, well, uh, why did the bank robber take a bath? Why? To make a clean getaway. <laughs> uh, Hi, this is Tim. <laughs> this is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Tim. And today we are in my lounge room. Yeah. It's it's a lovely light-filled space. Yes. Uh, I'd say it smells like cleaning in here. It smells like very like, you know, like eucalyptus yeah. clean. Do you know why that thing. is? Is because we recently sprayed with a eucalyptus spray. Oh, my God. It's a uh, it's like a Glen 20 type thing, but it's, it's all just eucalyptus natural yeah. stuff. Do you ever... I just thought about this during the week, actually. Mm. I was going to pick someone up mm. in my car mm. and... Um, and this person obviously doesn't ride in my car very often. Mm. But you know how your nose gets used to your own smell? Mm. But then you, you go to someone else's house or car and you then you're smell like, the, their smell. And you're yeah. like, oh, it like hits you. Yeah. I, and then I started wondering, well, what's my smell like? <laughs> well, I, in the... Is that a, and there's a scientific thing for that, surely. Yeah, pre, pre, COVID, pre-COVID, I would have said your car smelled like Dora. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably still does then. And I apologize yeah. to Sam who rode in my car yesterday for that. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are in my beautiful lounge room. I don't know if you, if you can see out the window just there, the beautiful sunflower. Oh, look at that. That's it's nice. opened up this week. Wow. The one next to it's just about to open up. Middle beautiful. of winter. That's pretty sunflower cool. Sunflower opened up. You I get a lot that. of sun there, obviously. Yeah, we do. It's good. Nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Guys so, going well. So, uh, today on the podcast, we recorded a webinar during the week and we've, we've had this topic on the podcast before, which is a, a business recovery planning. Hmm. Um, but we recorded a, a webinar for all of our clients and we thought, oh, that's an email. We thought <laughs> that um, we should release this as an episode of the podcast because it was even slightly more in depth and slightly yeah. different topics than what we discussed in our previous business recovery um, episode of the podcast. I think so. I think it was really detailed. We went through a few different ideas mm. and I guess theories behind um, ways of changing, ways yeah. of adapting um, your business model. So Exactly. Yeah. So we, we thought it'd be a good idea to release that. But at, f- at first, Tim, we need to... Uh, what, what is the Tim and Dan Lowe? You're jazzed up. What happened then? I don't know, Dan. Did you go I, low? I went low. Right. <laughs> we both went low. Because it sounded like, in, to me, it sounded like you were trying to like two-tone it. Like, um, like, Dan, no. Like you, you, <laughs> you were messing with it a bit. No, I just messed, I messed up okay. and it changed halfway through. Okay, so, fair enough. Yeah, I, I completely knew I was meant to go high. But, so, it's been hey. that kind of week, eh? It has, yeah. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, yeah, it's we're we're really getting into the heat of the new financial year now. Mm. It's almost the end of well, it is the end of July, Dan. It is the last today day of July. Is, today is the end of July. It yeah. is the last day of July. If you're listening to ridiculous. this, you're like, oh, might, these guys must have these racked up. You're listening to the day we recorded. This. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, not the webinar. That was like a week ago. <laughs> that was like but, a week ago. But yeah, no, it's uh, the year is just dropping away already. So it is, yeah. Tim. It is. Yeah. Um, anyway, it'll be summer soon. And daylight savings. I'm looking forward to that. Actually, I have noticed the days are starting to get longer. You know, I, yeah, I, I like that. used to leave work and it would be dark already mm. by you know, half past five or something. But but now it's it's still a little light at that time. So it is extending slowly. It's just way too comfortable in bed in the morning mm. at the moment. Uh, if you're one of those people who are like still getting up early and exercising or doing your like pre-work activities, then good on you. Yeah, I was about to say, but good on you. That well is, done. Top-notch effort because <laughs> I'm sh- struggling with that at the moment. But uh, but yeah, no. Uh, what's been happening with you this week, Dan? Um, back at personal training, back at oh, PT. Yes. Um, you mentioned you're a little bit sore. A little bit sore from that. Shout out um, to Tiff. Um, I'm sure you don't listen to the podcast, but shout out to my <laughs> personal trainer. Um, it was you good. Never know, maybe maybe she does. Yeah, maybe you never know. But yeah, no, that, that was good. Um, back at that, trying to get back into the gym. The pool's opened up again, so I want to get back into the uh, back into some laps. Yeah, so nice. I might start that over the weekend potentially. Yeah, cool, awesome. Mm. But other than that, not much. Just the usual. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, do you have a business update? Uh, I do actually. Yeah, I believe yes. you had an article. Yes. Yes. Uh, so there's an interesting article posted by In the Black, which mm. is the CPA magazine, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was just talking about I don't know seven predictions for the new normal. Um, post-pandemic. So, okay. I, wouldn't quite, I wouldn't say we're quite post-pandemic no, yet. I, I'd say we're, we're, we're mid-pandemic. Um, yeah. So, I mean, interestingly this week, Queensland have told us they're going to shut their borders to Greater Sydney. Um, which includes the Central Coast. From tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Which includes the Central Coast, which just doesn't make sense to me. But no. anyway, and the Blue Mountains. Yeah. Why so, not? Hey, whatever. Just, just pull us in there. That's mm. cool. So, um yeah, at a glance, this article is sort of saying, as a society, we have a unique opportunity to reevaluate how we live and work. Mm-hmm. Definitely true. Uh, there has been a cultural shift that brings into focus new priorities and emphasizes the need for adapt- adaptability. Mm-hmm. So true. I mean, and that's something that we'll cover in the webinar yep. um, today. Adaptability around your business, products, services. Yep. Uh, and futurists believe that our next normal will prioritize collective benefit collaboration and empathetic leadership yeah that's interesting collective benefit collective benefit because traditionally if you think about um you know capitalism as a whole it's it's very focused on the individual and you know you getting the most out of out of something Um, whereas collective benefit and i'd say that you know, one of the, if, if you ever did a, uh, international studies at, at uni, one of those global subjects, mm. and you spoke about different cultures, one of the um, differences was how the so- society thinks as a collective or as an individual, what do they emphasize more? And a, a lot of, um, you know, Western cultures are very much individual mm. and a lot of, you know, uh, Asian yeah. countries or, or yeah, even some African countries and things were, were mm. about the collective. Mm. Um, and that's where the communism and all yeah. that kind of stuff comes from. But yeah. um, I would say that we're actually uniquely kind of, we are a capitalist country and we are individual, but we're more collective than the US. Yeah. You know, they're very much like, Whoever's the best should yeah, always oh, win and yes. get the most money yeah, and, sure. you know, yeah. everyone can succeed and everyone can yeah. be a billionaire. And they celebrate that as well. Yeah. I mean, if you are successful. Yeah, exactly. They don't they don't cut you down for that. Like, it can happen in, mm. I'd say, Australian culture or the UK culture. Yeah. Don't get ahead of yourself, mate. <laughs> exactly. I, I think we are a little bit more collective than they are. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. it will be interesting to see 
yeah. you know, I think we all tend to suck it up if we all have to go into lockdown. Yeah. We go, oh, that sucks, but we've got to do what we've got to do. Whereas in the mm. US, there's giant protests and that like, don't take away our rights. What about Europe? I guess like they're, they're also quite individual mm. as well to some degree. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've always noticed when I go to Europe, no one cares what people think of each other. Mm-hmm. So like at the beach is a prime example. A lot of nudity. Yeah, right. <laughs> they just don't give a shit. <laughs> because I guess this is like they're probably only worried about themselves. Yeah. Whereas we're a little so, bit more uh, aware of aware of what other people are thinking of us yeah. or like I guess expectations of the society as a whole or something yeah. like that. Heavy burden there. But um yeah, okay, a couple of other things, uh, a couple of other sentences mm. which we can debate or discuss. Capitalism will continue, but not as we know it. Yeah, right. Hmm. So, uh, a bit of an example here in the article is how um, a budget surplus is mm. less important. Yeah. Than everyone was striving for that budget surplus, whereas now everyone's just dipping into... So, um, government intervention will be more accepted, essentially. So, you know... Um, government manipulation of markets and, yeah. and things like that are, are, are more acceptable during That's these it. times Rather than, than just letting the market, market dictate take, yeah, yeah take care of itself so mm. that, that that's true and mm. and fair enough uh it's what you do not where you do it mm-hmm. so that's more working from home very true oh we even got some friends who are looking at relocating from sydney to the coast i hear so um because yeah, we do, they're, actually. Working, they're working from yeah. home mm. i would never have thought those uh particular friends Mm. Um, would actually consider that, but um, I guess now you can because you can live where you can live wherever you want. Well, um, friend of the podcast, um, Homer at Bat is has, they've bought a house. Yeah, because they're uh, moving here. Uh, I definitely this, don't this weekend, think that think. would have happened so quick. I mean, it would have happened eventually, I think, yeah. but it wouldn't have happened so quick without COVID. without COVID. Yeah, I agree on that. So that's pretty cool. Um, and even for me, my my family, my wife. Mm. She hasn't commuted to Sydney one day in the last four months, which has been amazing. Mm. Cybersecurity takes center stage. We are living life online a lot more. Mm. Um, if we're using Zoom and we're using these online portals and things, then mm. you need to know your, your data secure. So I'm assuming that's where that's getting at. Yeah, that's it. A new era of hyper collaboration. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, apparently, Apple and Google teamed up to create COVID-19 contact tracing technology in April this year. Wow. Yeah, I've seen a lot of things like that. I think even um, Class Super created an app or supported an app, mm. uh, which was around contact tracing wow. as well. Interesting. Which is interesting. I've seen Daniel Tramontana, the CEO, mm. posting stuff about it on Twitter. So, mm. uh, Multipolar future for Asia. Okay. To the world's second largest economy, China is the most dominant power in Asia. However, that may change in the post-COVID world, according to Dr. Parag Khanna. So, he says the impact of COVID-19 may facilitate the emergence of a truly multipolar Asia, where power is not dominated by one country, but distributed among many. Yeah, so um, India, Japan, those kind of countries could be equal in power to, mm. to China. Interesting. That's a, that's a fascinating yeah. prediction. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. No. Nah. Uh, adaptability beats efficiency. That's interesting to me. That is good, actually. Being able to... That is completely true because if you think mm. um, in a month's time, we could be in a lockdown on the Central Coast. Yeah, who knows? This is just a saying. Yeah. Let's say it does happen. hope not. If you can't adapt to that change quickly, yeah. then you're going to suffer better than someone who does a job efficiently. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I mean, if you're just... If you've built all your 
factories mm. to just create one thing mm. and that one thing is not necessary anymore yeah. well you're kind of screwed yeah exactly <laughs> no matter how efficient you are so mm. um, even more reason to do the planning in which well, is true, our, our true. main topic yeah and mm. this is the thing we need to be agile we mm. need to think agile we need to um, be able to I guess plan out our risks and mm. react when those risks look like yeah. they're going to occur yeah um, so yeah and I also like the fact with the adaptability um, yeah, I, I think industry will mm. change as well. So perhaps adaptability is, is, is having manufacturing in Australia yeah. that, that can create whatever we need it to create. Like for example, at the moment, everyone's making masks. Yeah. <laughs> Jade's mom, um, is a sewer. Yeah. And so she's, she's sewing up some, she, some three layer masks. She's taken like 300 orders for masks. How good. She said all day, all night. She's just sewing masks. Oh, at the that's a good little side hustle. Yeah. $15 a mask. Do the numbers on that. It's not bad. That's good. <laughs> uh, and the last thing here, empathy trumps ego. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And I think uh, that kind of gets to what we're mm. talking about before with, you know, the collective versus the individual as well, you know, yeah. empathy for the collective trumps you being superior to. <laughs> this is interesting. They say decisive leadership has helped shape the more successful responses to the pandemic. And they list uh, Taiwan's Tsai Ing-wen Germany's Angela Merkel and New Zealand's Jacinda Ardern. Mm. And they say, is it a mere coincidence that these are all women? Mm. Perhaps not. Because they not. are more empathetic. Perhaps not. Better leaders. Yeah. That's that empathetic leadership. That's good. That's a good article. That's a good debate. If anyone have any extra points on that, send through some messages. We'd love to discuss that a bit further. And we want to get, um, we haven't reached out to him yet. We want to get Jim Thorpe back on as well. The economist who Jeremy. we spoke to. Oh, Jeremy, sorry. <laughs> he's probably not he's not going anyway. on now <laughs> yeah. Jeremy thought we want to get him back on The Economist yeah. uh, that we had on at the beginning of the pandemic before we really figured out what what was even going to happen mm. with it all to discuss where things are at now so I agree be quite cool to run those sorts of things past him so Tim I've got something special here for our tight ass tip just, oh yeah uh, just awesome qu quickly get through so this so Dan's uh, dollar savers uh, no it is a Tim's tight ass tip it's a Tim Stardust tip. So, something you've noticed that I do. No, it's something that a fan of the show hey. wants to elaborate on. Okay. All right. A fan of the show. Hey, we should mention as well another thing we got from a fan of the show. So, the same fan. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, uh, Chris uh, Solway. Okay. Shout out to Chris. Hello, Chris. Uh, noticed our new signage at the front, listening to the podcast. Oh, so, I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to give out... Um, a special award at the end of this, but, yeah. but so he sent us this this cat drawing, which was very funny. Um, yeah. that we liked a lot, that we might even post on our, our Instagram at some point. When you say award, are you saying drunky? A drunky? Uh, it's not a drunky. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that. Okay. Now, I, I messaged Chris with a bit of deal. I just had a bit of back and forth, and um, he said that. Um, and we get this from time to time. Listeners give us tight ass tips and and yeah, some of their I, ideas. I love and, it. Yeah. Uh, but he said, um, it's just listen to episode 48. Okay. You remember that one? It was <laughs> one of our best. Um, it must be like a year ago or like 18 months ago. <laughs> yeah. Now. yeah. Well, uh, people bring that one up. Uh, 48. That was <laughs> my favorite. That's a goodie. Yeah. Um, and he wants to expand on one of the tips that you gave. So the, okay. the, the tip that you mentioned, and, and this is funny because it has been <clears throat> 18 months or something since yeah. we did that episode. And um, last week's tip was essentially the same thing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the same thing, but it was similar. Uh, your tip was to buy fruit to freeze rather than buy frozen fruit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. True. Okay, that is different. That is different to yeah, the, the but actual tip. Fruit related. 
Fruit related, yeah. Yeah, fruit, fruit and refrigeration well, there's related. A lot of, there's a lot of fruit wastage. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. So this takes it to the next level. Oh, okay. Mm. I want to hear it. So he said that you need to be careful when comparing produce prices because you don't take into consideration the actual wastage of the fruit itself, right? Mm, yeah, so I've often thought about that. when you're buying a banana at $3 a kilo, you aren't actually paying $3 for edible banana. No, it's true. It's very right? true. You're yeah. paying... <clears throat> maybe only 70% of that is actually edible yep. of the weight Spot of that on. banana, Spot right? On. So yep. the peel yep. or whatever, the little shitty bit at the it's end. It's like watermelon. Half the weight would be in the bloody skin of the watermelon. Exactly. So it's actually, he said, let's say if it is 70%, it's it's more like $4.30 a kilo mm. than $3. He's for, grossing it up. For the edible amount of the banana. I love it, Chris. Right? I, lo- I love it. So it'd be $4.30 for edible banana, <laughs> <laughs> which is still cheaper than a bag for $10 a kilo, right? Yes. But he was saying expanding on that further, this can be this can be spread to all sorts of things that you consider in the fruit and veg market. <laughs> yeah. He says you've really got to consider the surface area to edible you amount ratio you that you're eating, right? He's right. So he said He's for example, right. buy larger and rounder sweet potatoes or onions because there is less surface area to the edible mm, part. Very true. Um very compared true. to a smaller crazy shaped one. <laughs> or so the larger you're just the rounder. You going to peel half of what you've purchased. Exactly. So he said Brushed potatoes at three fifty a kilo, yeah, right. Whereas washed ones are four dollars because yeah. they've washed it. Yeah, seems like a no-brainer. But the fifty cents is essentially lost in the peeling. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, true. Um, so you need to peel more than you know twelve percent of the surface to beat the value of mm. the washed potato. So sometimes it's actually cheaper wow. to buy a washed potato. I like it. I like it. This is good. Yeah. Uh, someone should do a study into this. Yeah, and he said uh, pumpkins are amazing value because they can be roasted skin on. And yeah. there's barely any wastage. That's I like that. That is very true and convenient. So I just want to give um, to a, a friend in mine who was actually named Chris as well in high school used to give out an award called Friend of the Week. <laughs> and if you were Chris's Friend of the Week, he'd give you a little certificate. Um, I, I was five times Friend of the Win, uh, Friend of the Week winner, uh, the only person to win more than once. Wow, uh, that's pretty big. I just want to give Chris podcast Friend of the Week. Where's the applause? <laughs> because that is just some superb, yeah. superb tight That was, uh, Chris, if you heard clapping there, that was me giving you a... Slow clap. Slow clap. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, standing ovation for you. Round of applause yeah. for the depth that you go to. To save a dollar. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Shout out, Chris. Yeah. Shout out. And uh, excellent drawing skills as well. Yep. The cat was very nice. All right. Well, let's dive into our main topic now and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Uh, Welcome today to our webinar that we're going to be doing on the business recovery plan and and business recovery planning. Uh, The idea of today is just to give you a bit of an idea of uh, just some recovery planning you should be doing um, into the new financial year. We've all had things happen to our business over the last few months because of COVID. And now is really the time to to take stock of where you're at and, and what's going on and changes you need to make and build a plan around that. Um, for the next at least six months and, and 12 months um, time. I think the big focus and concept of today is Australia and Australians and people in business in Australia are very lucky in that we have some of the best government support in the world. 
Um, and we have a window of opportunity to be making plans now for when that's going to stop because we know it's not going to go forever. Yeah. So if you are receiving some stimulus uh, from the government, some of the grants or JobKeeper, then um, you really should be using this time now to maximize the outcomes from that rather than just believing that that's going to be the case forever. Yeah, that's right. So let's, let's just dive into this webinar. Uh, so what we're looking at here, as I said, is the business recovery planning. So we're going to give you some hints and tips now about how to do that. But then at the end, we'll also give you some indication of, of what kind of support you can get from us to help you with this. Yeah. Um, so next year. Uh, also, just a quick reminder that uh, we do have a weekly podcast called The Two Drunk Accountants. Uh, you can find us wherever you find podcasts, wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, all the, all the biggest apps. And we give this kind of advice out each week for free. So make sure you, if you don't already, go subscribe to that podcast because it's a great place for you to get a bit of information and a bit of free help. Yeah, so as, a, as an accounting firm, Cats Accountants, our purpose is to support, teach and grow. Mm -hmm. The podcast fits beautifully into that. Um, and so uh, that's what business recovery planning is all about as well, supporting you, um, helping you work on your business, learn new things about it, new techniques you can use um, to be getting more out of it and then in the doing so growing. Yeah, that's right. So a bit of agenda about today. Uh, the things that we're going to be going through is the need to reinvent right now. And you may have done that in the past three months. Uh, I know a lot of businesses out there have had to rapidly change things that they do or the way that they provide the services. So we're going to chat about that. We're going to have a quick discussion about your budget, both personal and the business. Uh, we're going to discuss your opportunities, your vulnerabilities and your most critical challenges right now identifying your risks, set some goals and actions, and then pulling everything together into a, a plan, uh, a plan of attack for the next few months. So uh, let's, let's dive into uh, the first part. Mm. So a lot of you right now, as I said, um, are, are impacted by the events of COVID. Um, some businesses might not be, but, but I can't think of many that wouldn't be in some way, shape or form. Either you're having to work from home for a while, uh, the way that you're communicating with clients is a bit different, all the way through to the products that you're offering are completely different. But the ways around, sorry, the ways that you prepare those products might be similar. So it's still within your skills and your wheelhouse, but what you're doing right now might be a bit different. So yeah. there's a few things you need to be doing right now. And, and you know, innovation is one. Yeah. Um, and this could be, this could be anything. So, yeah. um, yeah. Have you got any yeah, examples? So, I mean, um, we've seen a lot of innovation happening. Um, one example is a company changing from selling travel pillows to hair clippers. Um, but I think innovation as a good example on the central coast, there's a lot mm. of gyms which have thought outside of the square and are now doing online, yeah. um, training sessions. Yeah, so, that's right. So that's really cool. Um, I think uh, innovation is, if you think about it, it's, it's making a change, mm. thinking in a way that you haven't thought before. Mm. And it can be really hard to do that when you're stressed, but now is still a time to be innovating. Yeah. And actually innovation is something healthy to do always. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think we're going to go through a few examples of this, but I think the main purpose of this slide is just to, to, um, to remind you that now is the time to think about what your clients need and how they need it. And if you're not currently providing that, then make a plan to get to that point. Yeah. Um, 
so let's go on to the next slide here. So re-engineering is a perfect example of this. Yeah. So um, an example is what Tim just kind of mentioned that, you know, you were providing uh, a gym mm -hmm. and classes and services and people come into that class, but for a long time, people couldn't. So what you did is you re-engineered the way you provided that fitness class mm -hmm. to be an online platform. And that's still providing the same skills that you have. It's the same set of, um, it's really, it's the same product, but it's just delivered in a different way. Um, but other things you could be doing is you could be using that same space for other things. So the example that we have with this slide here is, uh, you know, people who were distilleries and producers of alcohol, um, a lot of them very quickly moved to be uh, creating hand sanitizer because it uses alcohol. <laughs> yeah. So that they used the same equipment they had, the same assets in their business to deliver a product that is in more demand right now. Yeah, yeah, it's a very smart way to do things. Mm. And um, if you can think about value that you can be creating from what you currently have, mm. um, I think you might find other opportunities. Mm. They may not be as good as original or old opportunities were, mm. but they could get you through in the short to medium term um, until you get back up and running on mm. your feet. Uh, but I think yeah, you might find new business opportunities by yeah. re-engineering. So yeah, that, that's an exciting one. Yeah, and I think the best way to go about it is think about what assets you use in your business. You know, an asset is something that you're using to generate income. Mm. Now, that can be used in a number of ways. And right now, you could be using those assets, which could be physical equipment. It could be your skills and knowledge. It could be a, a range of things. But what skills do you have in your business? What assets do you have in your business that could be used to deliver a product or a service that people need right now? And it might be different to what you've done in the past, but it's still using your core knowledge and core abilities. And that, that's what re-engineering is all about. Yeah, I actually find that really interesting and exciting too, yeah. <laughs> because you can branch out into other areas, which mm. you might've always wanted to, but never had the time to think about. Yeah, absolutely. So that brings us to the next point, which is needing to adapt. And, and this is more along the same lines. It's, it's adapting to what your clients want and what they need. So, you know, innovating, re-engineering, adapting, these are all sort of the same thing. Um, they're just examples of the same thing. Yeah. So one adaptation which has happened mm. is we know there's been a lot of telehealth yeah, happening. Exactly. So, but... Um, uh, I know an adaptation for a product we both enjoy a lot, Dan, oh, is yeah. a local ice cream company delivering to home. Yeah, yeah. So that shout out to, to Mr. Goaty. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, what, what they did is they quickly adapted to, rather than having to go in store and buy their, um, their gelato, uh, they'd actually started a delivery service and they said on these days we'll be in these areas put your order in and we'll deliver it to your door and yeah. so they were able to remain open you know we don't know them personally so i don't know how well they did but but you know yeah. it, they were able to i actually think it was pretty good marketing for them because yeah. um now i've actually gone to there <laughs> to yeah. buy some more ice cream yeah so use your current service or your current products and adapt it slightly mm. make it more personal in nature people are open to doing online things. Mm -hmm. So as an example, um, there's also a, a friend of mine was doing an online um, gin cocktail making course. Yeah. So a company sent them out a bunch of different taster gin packs. Mm. Um, and if it was me, I'd probably be buying 10 so that I can make <laughs> extra big cocktails on the night without little tasters. Yeah. And um, yeah, essentially they did an online Zoom course mm. for a big group of people. Uh, which is a fun Friday night 
Mm. You can stay in, make some awesome cocktails with your partner or friends mm. if you're allowed to have friends over mm. <laughs> and, uh, and enjoy their product. So it's just another way of getting people to buy your product, mm. to market yourself and um, to adapt your service. Yeah. It's so, really cool. So I think the three things that we've kind of spoken about so far is, is one, create a brand new product that no one's done before. You innovate, you create something new. Mm. The other one is using your assets to deliver a different service that people want, but might not be the one that you currently use. Mm. And the third one has been to adapt, and that is delivering the same product, but in a different way. So yeah, there are three interesting things for you to think about. Yeah. Uh, in some way you could say, Dan, we've adapted, and look, look at what we're doing right now. Yeah, we've got a, a webinar. webinar. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. From our normal podcast, yeah. we've adapted to a webinar. So the, the fourth one to reinvent yourself here is really to widen your lane yeah you always hear people say stay in your lane mm. <laughs> that's what uh isn't drake saying that to someone or kanye yeah, yeah, probably <laughs> <laughs> kanye's running for president yeah stay in your lane kanye <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good example for someone who should stay in their lane yeah <laughs> yeah but uh i mean this is this is a good idea you could broaden your product or service offering yeah it is along the, the same lines of what we've been discussing mm. already so yeah. But this is the idea. I mean, broaden your horizon. Mm. Um, perhaps you could, if you're serving coffee to people, include ready-made meals or yeah. um, boxed sweet treats or wholesale ingredients. So I know uh, this is a really good a example. A bunch of cafes, yeah. Yeah, so um, there's even butchers who always sold to cafes mm. and clubs who then changed from wholesale trading to more retail trade, yeah. um, delivering really high quality commercial products mm. um, to the retail market. So there, there was also several cafes near us that put out essential food you could buy while you're getting your coffee. So yes. th they were suddenly selling eggs and bread and True. juices and things that you could buy as your staples. I know that, uh, for instance, McDonald's, I don't know if you saw this, but mm. in the drive-through, you could buy bread, muffins and milk yeah that's pretty cool that's widening their lane yeah it is widening your lane and look it may not mean the difference between um huge profits or or what they're currently doing mm. but it's a good tool to just remind people that um you're still there for mm. them to keep engaging with your service or product um and to give them a reason to come and and get something when otherwise they might be thinking lockdown i should just stay home and and not use any of their services or products yeah that's right and and in their mind you know in the mcdonald's example thinking geez i need a coffee and we also need bread and milk mm. oh i'll just go get my coffee it's bread and milk through mcdonald's yeah. Yeah. I, I can't go into the shops i'm afraid of getting sick or mm. whatever it is um and it actually makes you wonder why a lot of people or businesses weren't doing this already and so we've all been given a push to have to broaden our horizon in some way, yeah. shape or form. Yep. I'd love to know if you are watching this webinar, just have a think to yourself, how could you be doing this in your business? Yeah, out of the four ways we've discussed, innovating, re-engineering, adapting and widening your lane, it could be a combination of all four. But, but out of those four things, is there anything you can be doing right now to offer new, different or the same in a different way or complementary mm. products or services around what you currently do. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really important that people do that now if they're unable to currently, you know, sell their existing business. And so I think it's important to note that 
that is what business recovery planning is all about. Mm. Um, and so we'll get more into what a business recovery plan looks like later. Mm-hmm. But um, this is a big uh, focus for yep. a lot of businesses. And some businesses are lucky enough they may not need to be doing this. Yeah. If business is normal or mm. could be even be doing better. But mm. it's always healthy to be looking at these options. Absolutely. So once you've kind of identified different products and things, uh, ways that you can reinvent your business in this time if mm. you need to, yeah. um, put that to the side for one moment. The next thing you need to consider, and this is actually really timely because we did a whole podcast on this last week. Yeah, we did. Um, so go listen to the Two Drunk Accountants. We did a whole episode on your personal budget. Which sounds boring, but... But uh, it's not. It's, it's it a great. thrill ride. Yes. It's a thrill ride. <laughs> <laughs> but what 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 we're talking about here is you can't make a plan for a business that you own unless you know personally how much you need to take each week, yeah. what you need to live off, what you want, what are your personal goals, what are your personal um, you know, targets? Are you trying to save for something? Mm, yeah. uh, are you comfortable with how much money you spend on things? Is there any way you could tighten the belt so you could take less from the business to give it a chance to keep pushing forward during a tough time? Yeah. So reviewing your personal budget is very important right now. Yeah, I think and we're, we're huge on this, Dan. Mm. Um, business needs to serve you, not the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. So we don't, we don't live to work. We yeah. work to live. Uh, that's my philosophy anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, a personal budget is not as dull or boring as it sounds. It's actually trying to make sure that your personal needs, finances are taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to give you a lot of peace of mind. Yeah. So knowing the bare minimum that you need to earn or take from the business to survive mm-hmm. is a really good starting point for your business recovery plan. Yeah, and, and this feeds into a line in your business budget, which we'll get into in a second. But essentially, think of your, your basic needs, your minimum need from that business as a wage, as an amount of, of earnings, as a fixed cost. And that is something that for that business to survive, you need to take or need to be earning at least as much to cover that cost, as mm-hmm. well as some of the other fixed costs that we'll talk about. But it's, it's really important because even when we're doing a normal business plan, which, which we do for clients for a 12-month period, the first thing we start with is why. Why are you doing it and what are your reasons and goals? Mm, yeah. So a good place to start. Personal budget, always a good thing to do. A mm. lot of people may not have done that. Mm. And right now is, is a pressing moment that is showing the need for personal budget. Mm-hmm. And so that, that forms the basis of um, the, one of the first steps in the business recovery planning process. Absolutely. So moving on from that, you need to be looking at your business's budget. Now, we've gone through budgeting on our podcast before with with clients. We do a thing called a bottom-up budget where you start with your profit and you work your way back up. So essentially, you are starting at this figure and you're working your way back up here until you get to revenue. Now's a good time to review that in realistic terms. Yeah. how much are your overheads? Can you tighten the belt somewhere? Are there costs that you can reduce? Can you, you know, can you delay mm. some repayments on things? Yeah. And that falls down into this cash flow element of it here. Yeah. Now, I think that's really important right now. As we said at the beginning of the webinar, Dan, mm. some people might actually be building up a bit of a war chest right now of cash. Yep. And so times right now for some people are still quite good or normal. Mm. We're not sure what's going to happen in the next six months. So starting with cash in mind is mm-hmm. really important. Yeah. And setting a goal for where you want your cash to be mm. in six to 12 months is also really important 
because using that bottom-up approach, we can then start to think about, okay, so if we need our cash to be that, mm -hmm. we have loans, we're purchasing or selling assets, mm -hmm. we've got drawings based on our personal budget from yep. before. Okay, what net profit after tax do we need to be earning to be able to make sure we've got this much cash in bank. Yeah, that's right. So your cash flow falls into this budget in in several ways, as, as Tim was just saying. You know, this net profit after tax figure needs to be enough to cover your outflows and, mm. and and your inflows during that period. However, there are things that you can do to help. If you if you've done a cash flow forecast and you can see in two months' time, I run out of cash, and but I know that a month or two after that, I get back into the positive. Mm. So you need to fill that gap and there might be assets that you can get rid of to get a bit of cash. There might yeah. be some loans from the banks who are offering yep. some additional lending right now for a short period. Yep. There might be loans that you can defer for a short period. Yeah. But that all needs to be tied into that cash flow and, and this all stems from this. So doing a revised budget is a great idea um, and that, that should be an integral part of your recovery plan. Yeah, and, and you know, you can go as detailed or as simple as you want mm. in this process. And we try to keep it simple, actually, believe it or not. Yeah. Because um, you want to come out of this with goals that you understand and can strive towards. Yeah. And so working bottom up, um, you can actually start at the end point that you want to achieve and then work backwards to know what you need to be hitting over the next six to 12 months mm. to get you to that end point. Yeah, exactly. So the next thing you need to do is you need to know what you need to measure and, and how you're measuring it. What are the key factors in your business that you need to identify as critical things you need to succeed in? So if it's cash flow, you might be reviewing your accounts receivables and, and your, your debt a days, which, you know, this, this number up here. Yeah. Um, and that's knowing how quickly sales are converting into cash into your business. Um, you might want to know certain sales targets. There are many things that drive a business and it all depends on your goals as well. Mm, yeah. So, you know, it, if, if you're a business who, you know, you're looking at the conversion rate from leads to sales is a really important driver for you. Mm. Um, yeah, it could be a number of different things. But in a time like this, I think the most important factors to consider would be your cash, your ability to pay your debts as they fall due. Mm -hmm. um, it might be sales. Yep. It might be a reduction in overheads or an increase mm -hmm. in your gross profit margin. Yeah. Um, these are all key things that you need to be monitoring and taking actions to improve, which we'll get to in a second. But mm. the point of this slide is really just to know there are things you need to measure and you need to know how. If you're using zero, then it's pretty easy to know what these numbers are to go in and have a look as often mm -hmm. as you need to and compare it back to what your budget was yeah. um, and adjust as you, as you go. Some things might not even be financial. There are yeah, non-financial non yep. things that, to measure like leads, mm -hmm. conversions of leads. Yep. Um, but uh, a lot of people don't write down four, five, six key things mm -hmm. which are drivers for their business that they should be measuring. Yep. Some could be leading indicators. Some could be lagging indicators yep. that are giving you information that um, tells you if you're going to hit targets before the end of a period yep. uh, or lagging indicators show you things after the end of the period to, to know <laughs> two weeks ago at yeah. the end of the month, um, we didn't quite hit what we needed to hit. So yeah. it's good to have a mix of both. I think so. I yeah. think so. And one of the most simple things from that previous slide we looked at was the budget. You could have a weekly sales target mm -hmm. that very quickly tells you if you're on track to be keeping on top of everything in your business. Yeah, that's right. Cool. 
So the next thing you need to be doing is really reviewing your opportunities. What right now is presented in front of you as an opportunity in your business? Now, this could tie back into those four ways to reinvent your business that we spoke about at the beginning, because there might be an opportunity if you're a distillery to make hand sanitizer. If that is an opportunity, then it's something that you need to explore. Mm. Um, but it could be smaller than that as well. It could be changes in your systems to make things more efficient. It yep. could be anything. Um, yeah, you could uh, redefine roles in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you could change premises. Yep. I heard an interesting story about a hospitality business which had signed a lease that they realized before COVID <laughs> wasn't suitable for them. Mm-hmm. And during COVID, uh, they were able to get out of that lease fairly for the landlord, fairly for them mm-hmm. and get to a premises that was more suitable for their business. Yeah. Um, so really, it just takes a bit of brainstorming. Yep. Uh, if you have a few business owners or a business partner, sit down, brainstorm out the opportunities, mm. you'd be surprised what you come up with. Yeah. Um, and then prioritize and, and work on things which could be suitable for your business, the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, and I, I kind of think of it in, in a couple of different ways. You've got your, your sales opportunities, and these could be new products, new channels, you know, um, innovating, widening your lane, all that kind of stuff. Then you've got your expenses and your, and your debts. So these could be consolidating debt, reducing mm-hmm. overheads, um, moving into a newer lease that's cheaper. Um, yep. They're opportunities. And then there's systems opportunities and admin opportunities, making things more efficient. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a big broad area you can be looking at here. So mm-hmm. go through, write down all the opportunities and then maybe rank them. These yeah. are the ones that would give us, you know, the most reward for the least effort should be the first ones you do, the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Just reach up and pluck them. Yep. Like it. Then you do the opposite. <laughs> what are your biggest vulnerabilities right now and what are the most critical challenges that you have? Uh, and these could be a number of things. It could be that you're a gym and no one's allowed in the gym. That's a pretty big critical challenge to overcome right now. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, what are the vulnerabilities it could be um, you don't have the systems in place to efficiently deliver food in your restaurant. So what? how can you improve that system? You know, you might be delivering things, but it's clunky, it's slow, it's a vulnerability and other people could do it better. A vulnerability could be that you weren't set up to sell online. Yeah. Um, you didn't have good enough online sales processes, so you were still relying on foot traffic coming into your store, which yep. is not possible under lockdown. Mm-hmm. These are all things that you should do and it's the same same thing that you should do. You should rank them. Here is our biggest challenge right now and they're the ones you should tackle first. Now, it's not nice looking through your vulnerabilities or, or, or challenges, mm. but if you have uh, a list of your top five, mm. then you can actually make a plan of attack to mitigate them or lessen the impact yeah. of those vulnerabilities. And actually, you find sometimes they actually link with opportunities. Yeah, I was about to say so that. So yeah. you can kill two birds with one stone. Mm. You can get rid of a, a vulnerability or a challenge mm. and also pursue an opportunity at the same time. Yeah, so you're a restaurant and you've got an opportunity to jump on board with Menulog or uh, Uber Eats or one of those. That, that's an opportunity for you. You've got a vulnerability that you don't currently deliver any food. Mm. Yeah, They join. You've killed a vulnerability and you've jumped on an opportunity there to create a delivery service using one of these apps. Perfect. Next. So the next thing you need to be doing is identifying and managing risks. And and this is similar to your critical challenges and your vulnerabilities, but it's more what are things that could become 
a problem? And if they do, how big of a problem would that be? Mm. And, you know, an example of a risk right now might be restrictions of the number of people allowed in your business. Mm. You have no control over that risk. There's nothing you can do about that risk. Um, But if it happens and you're a restaurant, that's a significant problem. (laughs) So, yeah, I I totally agree. And uh, with business, you have a number of different departments without even knowing it, even Mm. if you're the only person in your business. Yeah. You wear a bunch of different hats every day. Mm -hmm. And actually, you can... can, um, refer to that as the 10 hats yep. of your business. Correct. And so that's the way this risk register is broken down into mm-hmm. each department. Uh, I think if you click through, Dan, yeah. uh, it'll actually show each of the, yeah. the 10 different areas. So you've got governance and that's things like your governance of your business. So mm-hmm. planning, um, identifying risk, uh, communicating or communication between upper level management if your business is a bit bigger. Yeah. These are all governance problems. It's working on the business. Yeah, correct. Mm. Leadership, same kind of thing. Communication, team morale. Yep. How well are you supporting your team? Mm-hmm. Products and services. So we've got adaptation or innovation of the products or services that you're offering. Yep. Operational. So that's the actual you know, suppliers, supply chains, mm. contracts, uh, how things actually happen in your business, how efficient are things. That's been a common um, theme in some businesses, not being able to get supply from overseas suppliers, yep. which cripples your sales. Mm-hmm. Marketing. Uh, how well are you um, using digital marketing? How well are you using traditional marketing? Uh, are, are you communicating to your clients? Are you doing things um, in your business to help your marketing? Are you spending too much for little reward? You know, yeah. you, there needs to be a return on investment in marketing. Um, and a lot of people throw a lot of money into mm-hmm. Facebook ads and they get some work out of it, but it might not be the work they want. So that isn't a good investment. So mm-hmm. just having a dollar spend figure on marketing isn't a good enough indicator for that. Mm. And it needs to be an actual uh, return on that investment. But we do know now more than ever, it's important to have a digital presence. Mm. And so are you not having enough presence? Exactly. It could be the opposite. Mm-hmm. Sales, which is essentially um, also kind of related to marketing, but it's more how are you actually converting those people? Uh, uh, do you have an online retailing business? Uh, you know, are, are you using things mm. like Menulog? Uh, what are the channels that you're actually reaching these clients through? Mm, definitely. Finance is the next one, which um, is our traditional domain. Mm-hmm. And so that's talking about cash flow, um, data management, mm. reporting, forecasting, yeah. all the cool accounting things. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I think um, that's an area which a lot of you know about, Mm. um, but potentially need to have more conversations and I guess visibility of in this time. You need to be checking things more regularly if you're not used to doing that. Uh, I think at at a minimum, you should be doing a cash flow forecast of of some description right now. You you need to be working at, okay, well, JobKeeper's running till September. It looks like it's going to go a bit further now, but it's changing. Do I even qualify for it? Um, cash flow boost stops. So I'm going to have to start paying my yeah. tax withheld on wages again. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all things that change a lot. And, and you might be doing well, as Tim said earlier, but operationally, you're actually not. You might be losing money, but you're staying on top of it because you're getting JobKeeper. So yeah. what happens when that stops? Yeah, I, th- I think um, people, the cash flow plan has mm. a bit of a bad name. But mm. if you do a cash flow forecast or a plan, 
then you can know if you're actually veering off track. Yeah. Um, so it gives you a bit of a baseline to compare to. That's actually one of its biggest values. Mm. So you can look ahead. If things all go to plan, this is where we'll be in 12 months. Yeah. And then you can actually check month to month, are things going to plan? <laughs> yeah. And if they're not, make a change then. Don't wait 12 months for when it's too late. Exactly. So And... and even if you feel like your cash flow is doing fine, there is always room to improve cash flow. Mm. <laughs> you could decrease your day-to-days, get that cash in a bit quicker. You could um, you know, manage your accounts payable a bit better. Yeah. Um, if there's going to be a down period and you know that there's a gap in your finance, then you could apply for some lending opportunities mm-hmm. that are out there. So these are, these are things you should be looking at. Yep. HR, this is a big one right now um, just mm. because with JobKeeper, you know, and with COVID when it first started, people were laying people off left, right and center. <laughs> There's a lot of compliance around this. Go back and listen to the episode of the podcast we had um, with actually a, a HR or, or employment lawyer on the podcast. Um, we spoke a bit about that. The rules have changed a bit even since we did that. But it's also thinking about, do I have enough staff? Do I have too much staff? Yep. Um, what roles are they in right yeah, now? Yeah, what roles are they in? Are they safe? Are they... Um, practicing safe workplace practice. Yeah, so. and that's a big risk. So, that, you know, um, providing a safe workplace with cleaning and, and all of that stuff, this falls into this risk mm-hmm. box here. Yeah, and, you know, let's hope not, but if some people need to be making some restructuring of staff, mm. um, then you need to be doing that in a legal, uh, correct way. Yeah. And the next two kind of work in together, but there's yeah. admin, which is, you know, what does our admin function look like? What are they doing? Are we making the most use of them? You can always find automation. Yeah, can we well. automate some of those services? And could that admin person then be doing some more meaningful work for me? Um, and technology is just, are we using all the technology that's out there right now to help us be as efficient and deliver the services and products that we want to deliver as best as possible to our clients? Yeah. So these are things that you should be managing the risk of. Identify the biggest risks and they're things that you should be trying to mitigate. So then you've got to work on your goals and actions. What actually do you want? Yeah. So having covered your opportunities, your challenges, Mm. um, your most critical challenges, Mm. and then looking through any risks that are presenting themselves, you can now start to think about, okay, working amongst all of these um, interplaying parts, what goals and actions are we going to set? Um, are we going to do some innovation? Are we going to widen our lane? Mm-hmm. Uh, are there some opportunities presenting themselves or some challenges or vulnerabilities which we could pair with yeah. opportunities? So this is the best part of the business recovery planning mm-hmm. process, in my opinion, yeah. because this is your um, 12-month and 90-day plan that you come out with yeah. that you can act upon um, and work towards making actual change in your life and business. Yeah. And a, a quote that I read recently was, ideas only have value once implemented. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. So, so ideas are great, but if you don't do anything about it, they're just ideas. Yeah. And there's no real impact on your business. So set your goals now, have some of these ideas, identify your vulnerabilities and your opportunities. Now it's time to actually set those into an action. And those actions need to be what they call smart. Yeah. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. Yeah. Um, these things need to be something that you can actually measure if you do it or not, mm. have a time frame, and have accountability around it. So a uh, not smart goal is to do more online selling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not smart because it's not specific enough. No. It's not measurable. What's more? <laughs> yeah, a, a, a more smart goal for that might be, 
I will uh, set up an online retail website um, by the end of this mm. month. And I will be doing this volume of sales exactly. via online processes by June 2021. Exactly. And so that's, that's kind of a goal. Um, the actual action from that would be, okay, well, I need to do this marketing by mm. this day, this by that day, this Start by that day. Start assigning actions. So yeah. Dan needs to go and uh, set up a website and figure out channels to get people onto that website to buy things. Exactly. So once you've done that, really it's time to pull all this together into a, a, something that you can refer back to. Mm. Have an actual plan. And this is an example of the plan that we work through. Yeah. So this is just an example of Buzz Electrical Contracting. Mm. Um, the best thing at the start is this executive summary gives you a really good idea of the current problems and the mm. opportunities in a really brief statement. Yeah. Um, it's a good little thing to remind you at the top. What are the broad goals you're actually trying to think? What are the biggest problems we're trying to attack right now? Yeah, because you, across the process, you are going to come through a lot of ideas and thoughts. Mm. But this will whittle it down to the main things which you're working through right now. And it's a great thing to document because yeah. in 12 months time, you can look back and, and reflect. Absolutely. So then you tie in your personal budget here. What are you actually spending? How much money do you actually need? Um, what is your position and what do you want it to be? And what I like about this current and the three years is mm. you can see what you're doing right now, what you need to be doing right now to survive, but then you remind yourself of where you're headed and yeah. why you're doing this. It's always really important to have a, vi a vision for the future. Exactly. And so that's a really important facet in, in my mind. Yeah. So th this person clearly wants to work a bit less, be off the tools, get no, no longer be the operations leader, but actually just managing the team mm. and wants to earn a bit more. Yeah, and so the, the part to the right there is new finance needed. Mm -hmm. And that would have been figured out from the next section, Dan, which uh, is the budget setting process. And this is a really great part of the plan. Mm -hmm. We went through it before. It's bottom up. So yep. uh, if you click again, Dan, um, you should see the cash down the bottom. You start with, okay, by the end of the year, what extra cash do I want in my war chest? Yep. Um, and and then work backwards. Yeah. So other cash movements and these kind of things like loan repayments, job keeper things coming in or cash flow boosts and assets that you sell or purchase, um, drawings that have come out. And then you got your net profit figure, assuming you've received, you know, your accounts receivable and your accounts payable are in check and you've received the total amount of your net profit by the end of the year mm. um, or an equivalent amount. Yeah. Um, you then write down what your KPRs are that we identified earlier. That's a good thing to do after setting the budget yep. too. So some KPIs might come mm. from that budget setting process. Mm -hmm. um, you might have some KPIs you're already managing um, or you can also uh, skip that box for now, work through some of the opportunities, challenges, goals and actions. And come back. And come back and, and refine the KPIs. I, I also like to compare what your budget is and your, your cash flow plan and just on a separate thing, have open your zero file and see what it currently looks like. Mm. And it's a good indicator oh, to yeah. be like, here's where you're at. Here's what your budget says. And now let's set some KPIs that will indicate whether or not I'm heading in that direction. True. Yeah. So yeah, it's so the opportunities. You list out the main ones that you identified earlier. Mm. List out your key vulnerabilities and your most critical challenges that you identified earlier. Yeah. And now here are the actual goals, goals and actions yes. to take. So we've got that we risks discussed earlier on the left hand side. 
next to that annual goals, yep. which are related to the risks or mm -hmm. mitigation strategies, which mm -hmm. come from opportunities. Um, and then you can so actually break that down into ambulance. A, yeah. Now's the time to fix your business before that ambulance comes. Yeah, for it. you don't want to hear the warning <laughs> sounds of the ambulance coming to pick you up. Uh, Ninety-day goals are good because it gives you something to, to aim for. Yeah. Very soon, and the actions are so important because you can set these goals, but if you haven't thought about what actions you need to do mm. to get these goals to actually take place, mm -hmm. then nothing's going to happen. It's just going to stay as yeah. an idea. So yeah, so this section here is really when everything above turns into action. Yeah. So um, who and when and what. Mm -hmm. These are the things that indicate whether or not you're heading into this direction. And the point of this is in 90 days time, you can come back to this and you say, right, I did this, I did this, I did this. I can see we're heading in the right direction. Now here's the next 90 days worth of actions I yeah. need to take to get even closer to my annual goal. The great thing, Dan, about documenting this mm. is not only can you hold yourself accountable mm. but what we find really useful is we then structure regular catch-ups yep. with clients after we've gone through this business planning process mm. and make sure that they are working towards these still exactly. because you get busy yeah. you get busy in life you get busy working in your business not yep. working on it and so having documented dates and responsibilities mm. uh, we can come in and make sure that you have actually done what you said you're going to do. And, exactly. and that little bit of extra pressure, you could call that coaching. Um, that's Some people need that. Mm. And I think we can all um, get a bit of value from someone uh, that we have to strive to completing things for to show that we're doing what we said we'd do. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think the, the term is um, uh, planning times implementation times accountability equals mm. results. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah, basically, we've just worked through all the departments that we were looking through before, and you've set targets for each one of those departments to, one, mitigate risks, and two, hit opportunities, and also reduce your vulnerabilities. And at the end, you've ended up with a two-page document, sets out your budget, sets out your cash flow, clearly identifies your opportunities and your threats, and sets actions to head towards all those plans. You, that are in the as you part. can see, there are a lot of, a lot of actions there for mm. Buzz. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's definitely a lot of work to come from this, but it, it is exciting and it mm. gives you direction. That's right. So what's next, Dan? So the next steps. So as we're just kind of saying, doing nothing is, is not an option. If, if you're just sitting there stressed at home and you don't do anything about it, then all that's happening is you stay stressed and nothing in your business changes. So as this says, you know, put an oxygen mask on yourself first. Mm. Um, basically, look after your business, look after what you need, and then everything will flow from that. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like the doing nothing is not an option mm. because um, actually you could look at that two ways. So no decision is still a decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. So if you don't decide to do anything, that's still mm. making a decision, yeah. unfortunately. And, and we can throw a number of sayings at you right now. You know, uh, <laughs> you know failing to plan is planning to fail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's another one. So really it is important that especially in this moment in 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 the environment that we're in with COVID and, and everything else that mm. now is the time you need to make that plan. Yeah. And, and what we really are trying to get across here is we're, we're here to help. We want to help you guys with this. Uh, if you need help, we want to offer that to you. Yeah. So, so if you do want help from us, we do offer this kind of support. Uh, and here's just a bit of an indication of the things that we can do for you. So 
to sit down with you and do their business recovery planning session. A lot of people who are listening to this who are clients of ours, obviously you'd be used to the monthly packages that you have with us Mm -hmm. and that includes all your compliance work. So um, we're able to do the recovery planning session with you, which is a, a half day session here with us in in office or online if you're if you're not near us yeah um with a bunch of pre-work that you do and we work through and we create this this plan with you yeah um and it's really valuable and you come out with a plan that looks exactly like the one you just saw with actions to take over the 90 day period um yeah so that that's just adding 165 a month to your package for 12 months i think i Mm. think that's really cool because um you get to spend you get to go through the process now um but essentially uh, absorb the cost over a 12-month period. Yep. So that's a really exciting thing that we can offer our clients right now who might be needing the planning, mm. but perhaps not wanting to spend um, too much on it right now and want to preserve their cash flow. Exactly. Uh, so the other option... Also, that, it must be said, these prices include GST. Yeah, including GST. So the other options here are the more traditional ones that we've we've offered in the past. And, and this is... Uh, in the past, it was a business planning session, which is very much like the recovery session, but it's more of a longer term focus. It does still have the 90 day actions. It does still have the 12 year focus, but it's more looking at your business and the plan you have for the next five years, but narrowing it down to a 12 month hard plan um, and then setting actions from that. Um, but we can include the recovery planning session instead of the traditional planning yeah. session. Yeah. Uh, plus a cash flow forecast for the full year. We yeah. do that for you. Yeah. Plus quarterly meetings to then review your KPIs, review your cash flow forecast, review your actions, set the next 90 days actions and go from there. So that happens every 90 days hmm. and, and that's 660 a month. Uh, the same thing, but monthly meetings instead of, instead of quarterly. And so some people do want that monthly support really reviewing those figures each month, really running ideas past us, um, setting those plans and, and things in motion each month, and that's 990. And this year, we're actually offering a new service, um, which we're going to get off the ground soon. So if you're interested in this one, please let us know. But this would be a business planning session um, and monthly group advisory session. So this is all in a group, mm. um, depending on the numbers, would depend on how many people in your group. Yeah. But essentially, we're going to run through the process with you um in a group setting so it is a little bit cheaper for for you if you're not willing to make these commitments um but still getting monthly support it's not individual to you but you as a group can keep yourselves accountable yeah so you might have noticed that free words down the bottom and Mm -hmm. complimentary there is something complimentary that you can do around this and Mm. it's a condensed version of the plan I mean, we're not, um, the idea, and this is why we have a podcast, this is Mm. our purpose, is is to support, teach, and grow. And we know some people have a business that may be, um, in their mind, too small for planning. I don't think you're ever too small to do a 12-month plan for your future. But... Um, it, or, or you may not have the resources right now to, to work through something like this. Um, so we can actually send you a condensed list of action items and book in a 15-minute call with you to discuss what you're going to set out to do. Um, that would be completely complimentary for you. We're happy to send that through to you. Just let, it, let us know. There'll be, um, we'll discuss how to contact us at the yep. end. Um, but you, you know there is a risk around that one that you may not go and act upon what you said you were going to do. Mm. And you might not have enough support to choose the right actions that are going to be correct for your business. So um, yeah, uh, we understand there is a cost to the other services, but we 
do feel like you get value yeah. um, for those costs. And the thing to remember is we, we'd never advocate something that we don't do ourselves either. Yeah. So we've done this. Yeah. Um, we do the business plan every year and we've done the recovery plan for ourselves this year. Yeah. And it is very valuable. It, it Sitting down, doing it and a cash flow forecast, both of those things really put my mind at ease of where we're at. Yeah. Really made me you know, have those actions that we need to take. Yep. And I was quite happy afterwards <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely valuable for for peace of mind and working towards your goals and we do catch up monthly yeah to we do. review how we're going towards those plans we do yeah so if you want any more information about that please get in touch with us um questions if you have any questions about how these things work then yeah get in touch you can reply to the email that you received this webinar from um or you can just give us a call on 0243 um, you can push four to speak to me or two to speak to Tim. Uh, and we're happy to talk to you about any of this stuff. You can also just shoot us an email. Um, our generic email is just cats at catax.com.au. So C-A-T-A-X.com.au. Or shoot one to, to me, which is dan at catax.com.au or tim at uh, tim at catax.com.au. <laughs> Uh, nicely said yeah but you can also listen into the podcast as I said every yeah. week two drunk podcast mm-hmm. um, at gmail.com is the email for that or two drunk accountants on any of the yeah. podcast apps or Instagram or Facebook any of those places you can find us so go have a listen we do give out this advice each and every week yep alright well thanks everybody and we hope you got something out of today and we hope to chat to you all soon and I'm looking forward to hear about or at least help you with <laughs> all of your recovery plans definitely Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye. And we're back. Hey. (laughs) Great chat then about business recovery. It really related to the uh, business Mm. um, topic that we discussed earlier as well with the adaptability. And and, um, at the end, we do talk a little bit about what we as CATS accountants offers because, as we said, um, this was um, for our clients. clients. So. Mm. Um, yeah, but if, if anyone out there is interested in any of those services, feel free to get in touch. You go watch the webinar. You can see all the prices and things that we do on there for this kind of work. Yeah. I um, think, it's um, a great time to plan. We mentioned the group the group sessions as yeah. well. So that maybe that's even a good option if there's a few less listeners mm. that do write in. Uh, we could do a group of uh, Drunk Accountants listeners. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, we'd, we'd love really that. love that. That'd be sick. Um, we can make sure we do some planning each month with a drink. Yeah, and a tight-ass tip. And a tight-ass yeah, tip. Yeah, I'll think long and hard <laughs> for one for each of you. All right, just quickly, uh, other things this week. My other thing, Tim, is if you've uh, out there, anyone ever played the game Minecraft? Yes. A lot of kids play mm, Minecraft. Yes. Um, I'm, and you've been playing it. I'm heavily you? into it. Because <laughs> Kat, uh, as a psychologist uh, working a lot with kids, um, they, they play a lot of Minecraft. And yeah. she was like, they talk to me about it. I need to know more about it. Let's download it and have yeah. a crack. Nice. Um, we're into it. I feel like this is kind of like the barefoot investor. Um, mm. So we're dealing with a lot of, say, people in business or interested in finance who've read that book. Mm. And you've read it. I, yeah, I did read it. I have not it. read it. Mm. And so I really should go read that book. Yeah. And I, the main reason I did read it was because people were talking about it to yeah. me and I wanted to know what the advice was. Well, it's like Minecraft. Exactly. So that's why now we played Minecraft all week. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you say you had to kill your sheep? Yeah, well? you had to kill the sheep. Um, you found a lava pit in a mountain? I found a lava pit in a mountain. I actually recently, just last night, Tim, 
discovered that there is another village in my world. Oh my god. And there are little god. villagers living in it. Oh my god. Could you kill them if you really wanted to? Yeah, but then I get bad juju. Oh, you don't want bad juju. No, and then my my village gets raided <laughs> by zombies. If you kill them. Yeah, we looked it up. Oh, I was like, what happens actually... when you kill the villagers? <laughs> and you get raided by zombies. Yeah. Apparently. Well, because every wow. night there's like zombies and stuff walking around. Really? Yeah. See, out of nighttime, you've got to. Uh, this is kind of a scary game. You've got to be kids. lit up everywhere, or you've got to be hiding in your house. Oh Otherwise, you get attacked. Wow. Yeah, can be scary. Cool. Anyway, that's my other thing this week. Um, I, I actually like, like Minecraft. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon there would be a really cool. It's always sunny in Philadelphia episode about Minecraft. <laughs> that would that, that'd be good, actually. <laughs> I reckon it would be awesome. <laughs> I could just see uh, Frank playing yeah. Minecraft, just like yeah. getting obsessed with it. And Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So that's one of my other things is it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I recently discovered that on Prime, Amazon Prime. Is that on Prime? Yeah. All, I have Prime. All, all 13 seasons. Really? Then. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, get into it. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. I love, I love always it. sunny. It's like 20 minutes and it's just crazy. Like, they're all just screaming and it's very loud <laughs> and it's intense, but it's very hilarious. That's great. It's so good. I'm going to go watch some. So, go check that out. Uh, my other other thing, mm. uh, and I'm just going to run this past you. Mm. Okay. Uh, so, I have a book, Dan, and it is by Paul Kelly, the, the singer, the singer, the songwriter, mm. the Australian songwriter. Mm. How, to make gravy. How to Make Gravy and mm. All the Dumb Things and mm-hmm. To Her Door and yep. et cetera. Um, he, it's basically a book about poetry and right. it's all his favorite poems. So, you know how we have the preamble? You want to do a poem? Would it be lame to read a poem in the I preamble? Mean, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that kind of the fun? I think so. Let's do a poem. Oh, it's a really, right. next really week, bad joke. Next week, we're going to trial a poem. Let's trial a poem. Mm. I'll try and find one that's a bit more lighthearted because yeah. some of them are a little depressing. Let's be honest. Yeah. I think we're going to trial the poem. Yeah. And we'll see what sort of response we get. We'll see what response we get. I'll bring the book. I'll show, I'll show everyone what it looks like. It's really, it's really interesting. And, mm. and it's cool that Paul Kelly is obviously inspired by poetry. Mm. Uh, and a lot of his writing mm. is very poetic. Mm. So, yeah. I'll bring the book in. We'll find a poem. We'll read it. Sounds good. And if people never listen again, then I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you've got any questions, send us an email to drunkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Two Drunk Accountants, on Twitter at Two Drunk um, Podcast. I'm actually going to throw this out there. I might live tweet The Bachelor in Paradise from our <laughs> Twitter account next week just for fun. Love it. We should do that more often, actually. Yeah. We should, so make we sure should you're, be live tweeting things. Make, make sure you're following us. We will live tweet some crappy reality TV. Yeah, I like it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll calculate it. Bye.